What's up, guys? It's Eric. First, you take the gram. You stick the chocolate on the gram. Then you roast the mallow. When the mallow's flaming, you stick it on the chocolate and cover it with the other end. Then you scarf. Hey, guys, this is Joe. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid, and you'll never go wrong. I want you to make some friends this summer. They were nine great kids. Having one great summer. They'll become friends. Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it. They'll become a team. Oh, yeah, all right. And one of them. You're the best. Will become a legend. Two thumbs up, say Siskel and Ebert. The Sandlot, rated PG. Now playing at theaters everywhere. You're listening to Worth the Late Fee, the podcast for two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think that the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it had been paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not bad, Eric. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm pretty excited about what we're going to be talking about, which you guys can probably guess from the, the quote. But I remembered I had a question I wanted to ask you last week, and I saw you over the weekend, and I forgot to ask you both times. Have you seen the new Space Jam? No, I... I've heard nothing but bad things about it. I heard it's pretty much. I can't just, bring myself to watch it. Yeah, I can't either for multiple reasons. LeBron being one of them, unfortunately, but just the idea that, from what I heard, is Warner Brothers just basically just unloads all their IPs in one movie. It's just like it's stupid. From what I heard, it's like like don't get me wrong. The first movie is not a masterpiece either, but at least the first one was like dumb fun, where this is just like almost like a marketing yeah. ploy. And I think the first movie is a good one. It's, it's I enjoy you know, it too, but yeah, I enjoy it too. But from what I've heard, the sequel is just like one giant marketing ploy for Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally all set with him. LeBron James is not, he doesn't have the personality to pull stuff off like that to me. I mean, I wouldn't have thought that about Michael Jordan either if I was an adult and I really knew who he was when he did it. But because he did it first, it's different. Right. Did you, but, see, um, have you see anything other than, like, honestly, you didn't see but you see anything <laughs> that is worth watching? <laughs> yes. So um, I guess, first of all, I have bailed on Snowfall, the show that I was watching. Um, I was trying to get into from an FX and, it, and it's not because it's not good. I was enjoying it. I'm just too far behind in their hour long episodes. And it's just a little, it's a little daunting to get caught up, but instead what I've been doing, if Bree's like busy or whatever, is rewatching the wire for the millionth time. I put the poll up on Instagram the other day, the wire got the victory. I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't either. Yeah. The wire or Sopranos and the wire got the victory. So, um, but also Bree and I, so the wife and I went to the theater for the first time in well over a year and saw uh, Roadrunner, the Anthony Bourdain film. Oh, you did end up seeing that. Awesome. How was <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, it was, man, it was, I'm a, I love Anthony Bourdain and I, I've, I watched, I've seen every episode of all of his shows numerous times. Actually, one of the first dates that I had with my wife, I brought over episodes of No Reservations to watch on DVD because I was like, I was so into it, but. So it was really good, but it was heavy. It was like, especially towards the end. In the beginning, it starts off a little, um, like kind of, a, there's a lot going on. So you're kind of like, is this going to settle? But then a little bit in, it settles. And then you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it. And then obviously the end is the end is tough. Yeah. Does it focus a lot on his death? Or is it like a, it's like a big chunk of the film on his death? Or is it just like the last half, like the last quarter of it? It's the last bit of it on his uh that focuses on his death, but they kind of like throughout the movie they're they let you know about like other struggles he's had, he had and 
um, how he had like an addictive personality and, and, and whatever. And then also without spoiling anything, I'll say that there's one person who, if you, one person comes out of the film looking like the bad guy or bad person, it's, it's very, to the point where my wife and I were both like, well, they didn't pull any punches. They, they didn't dance around who, you know, Yeah. but the one good thing about it was, and like a reason why everyone we've said this before, but needs to support theaters. It's been so long since I've seen a movie for the first time that I really enjoyed in theaters. Cause generally that when I go to the theater, I go to see like reruns, the chunkies of like jaws, the sandlot, uh, back to the future, all that stuff. Speaking of which and next it was, week. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was, uh, a lot of fun to watch a movie where you, I kind of forgot how you watch a movie. You can't talk. So then afterwards you're walking out of the theater and you're like, so what'd you think? Like when this happened, when that happened, you don't get to do that. If you watch that at home, if you watch a movie at home, you can pause it and be like, wait, what just happened and whatever. It's fun to just watch something and then walk out and just like, you know, spill everything out and be like, wait, what did you think about this part? My favorite part was this. So that was cool. It was a fun experience. That's cool. I I, I want to say movie before I know it's, only put like one showing at a time right now. So it's like not really, it's, it's like on its last legs before it leaves there. So I want to try and get to it before. Yeah. We went leaves. up to uh new market, New Hampshire because uh, not that far away. And it was showing at like seven there and it was showing around us, but not till eight. And you know, it's a two hour movie on a work yeah. night. So, but it was totally worth it. I, I, yeah, I would, I really enjoyed it. And, and he's quite the character, man. I actually met him at a jujitsu tournament. Um, about a year before he died, I think, or maybe. Oh, two cool. Years. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't want to be like that guy. Cause it was a jujitsu tournament and I didn't want to like blow up a spot, but I was just like, Hey, Mr. Birdie, I'm not going to say anything, but I just want to let you know I'm a huge fan. And he, you could tell he was like nice, but he also, I think liked that. I didn't blow up his spot. Like I didn't like draw attention to him, but yeah, yeah, obviously so sad. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so today you guys heard the quote, you heard the trailer. We're going to be talking about uh, the 1993 classic, uh, The Sandlot. And to go with that, if you've seen the movie, this will make sense. But we're going to be drinking a beer from our stout from Foundation Brewing Company. And the stout is called S'more Love. So, And and I was just telling Joe, I think before we started, I've had a few s'more uh, stouts in my life. This is the s'moreiest stout because you get the chocolate, which all of them would do pretty good with that. But then you also get like this big hit of marshmallow. So if you have access to it, I highly recommend picking up uh, S'more Love from Foundation Brewing Company, another solid beer that we've gotten from the podcast. So <clears throat> I picked this one. Uh, and we got that at RMA, by the way, unofficial sponsor of the pod, RMA in Amesbury, Mass. Um, I picked this one. Joe and I talked about it on a previous podcast, but this and maybe one other are, are they? Th- this movie is summer to me. I'm 36 years old yeah. now. And I still watch this at least a couple times a year, a couple times a summer. And if I catch it on TV, I, I, it's not a movie that I can just like click past. I, I'm pretty much down to watch the rest of it. Uh, but one cool thing about rewatching it this time was my wife had never seen it because she thought it was kind of like a sports movie, a boys movie. And I got to watch it with her and have that like experience. It's so fun when you see a movie for the first time where you see a movie that you love with someone seeing it for the first time. And, yeah. and she loved it too. So um, what about you? What's your memory of the of the film? Before I you? just just like you, I, I grew up with this film. Had it on VHS. I never seen it in theaters because I was kind of young, but I, I had it on VHS. Watched it all the time, and it honestly kind of inspired me to 
play baseball and that's the reason why I played little league baseball as a kid. So I think a lot of it's funny. You know, I was watching an interview with the uh, 25th anniversary uh, a few years back with the everyone getting together except Mike who plays Benjamin yep. Rodriguez. Um, they're talking about how major league players who are playing the game today are playing because of the Sandlot. Yep. And they actually interview some of the players. Like they talk about talking to some of the players who are playing the game because of the Sandlot. So it's really cool how impactful this movie is. And it was for yeah. me too, because I said I, I played baseball because of it. So, but yeah, yeah. This movie came out when I was eight. And I, I, like you said, I don't remember life before the Sandlot. I saw it in theaters. I bought the VHS, I bought the DVD. And I can't think of many films that I quote more than this one. And I also, and we'll get into uh, why this is weird in a, in a couple, couple more sections, but I can't think of another movie that is more widely accepted and loved, at least by people around my age boys and girls and i don't really ever hear someone say like oh i'm not really a big sandlot guy like you know some people may love it more than others but pretty much everyone i know that sees this movie has very positive things to say about it um did you have any stats as far as how it did uh money wise in the theaters i do so the sandlot came out on april 7th 1993 it had a budget of seven million dollars making 34.3 million in the box office it was written by David Mickey Evans and Robert Gunter and directed by David Mickey Evans. David was also the narrator of the movie. Um, and the man has an amazing voice. Let's so all be real. He's that got, he's got a great voice that, yeah. <laughs> he also returned to write the and direct the sequel, which came out in 2005 as a straight to video release. And it actually brought back some characters too, which I wasn't aware of uh, until I looked up, looked it up. James R. Jones being one of them. Um, other than the Sandlot though, David Mickey Evans wrote the movie Radio Flyer. And the box office hit Ed. Remember Ed? The, the <laughs> arguably, some might say the best baseball movie ever to Maybe. involve a monkey. <laughs> and he directed other films and, and a as... cast member from Friends. Yes, <laughs> the movie has like what made it, it didn't make like four million dollars in the box office or something ridiculous. Like it was just like a huge, huge bomb. That's weird. It sounds like such a great idea. I don't understand how it didn't do better. <laughs> on top of that, on top of those ah. Uh, those hits he directed other films such as first kid with sinbad i don't know if you ever seen that movie but oh i've a, seen that one it was a good one i love sinbad when i was a kid i did I too and beethoven's third and fourth so not the not the greatest career post sandlot but he definitely is very he still attends all the interviews and all that so he's very this is still very much his movie that he's proud of um, it's a weird oh sorry go ahead go ahead i was gonna say real quick too robert gunter the other writer didn't do much either. He did a couple of things with David, um, a couple of straight, straight to TV movies and um, small videos here and there. But this was pretty much his breakout role as well. It's a weird thing to come out of the gate with Radio Flyer and Sandlot. And then because they must have thought like this guy is going to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's he's, that's he's quite the one too. films. He's right. Next, Radio he's, Flyers. Yeah. yeah, great kid films, and they're both movies that you can watch as a kid and then rewatch as an adult and still love. Right. And doing this podcast, we've we've discovered that's not how it always goes. There are movies that I loved as a kid, or at least I really liked. A lot of them, sports movies like this, and then as an adult, they just do not translate. So the to Radio Flyer and Sandlot are both. Yeah, you know, they're really, you can watch them now and still like. Yeah, them. they both have themes, and like that's the one thing about those films—they both have themes. And you can see that because other movies I did, they kind of just like are there, just like for dumb fun, like you know, first kid, 
it's a fun movie, but like the reason why Rio Flair and Sandlot are so important is because they have themes like friendships and coming of age and coming yeah. of age and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So um financially it did all right, you know, but it's 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 definitely done better um long term. You know what I mean? Like it, so, but critically, and Joe and I were talking about this before we started recording, and this is what I was talking about when I was saying I don't know, I, I don't get what I'm about to say because I don't know anyone who doesn't like the Sandlot. I don't really know many people who don't really like or love the Sandlot. So these are some of the more confusing scores, or at least one of them that I've, I've ever given on the podcast to me. The Sandlot is a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, which that makes no sense. It's it a doesn't. Seven. And yeah. I, was looking, I was looking at the reviews too. Some of them like older men reviewing it in like 2008. I'm like, guys, like, come on. Like, if it's like, I feel like if it's one of those movies where <laughs> if you're just going to come out reviewing now for the first time, seeing it in like 2009, you never like, I, this is definitely a movie that ages well for sure with kids who grew up with it and kids now. But if you're like a four year old man reviewing this movie, you're going to be like, okay, this is, this, this isn't real. This isn't, you know, but. See, I don't even I don't even agree with that. I, I honestly think that I could watch this movie. If I watch this movie today for the first time, I would still love it because it's and I probably love it more because I grew up with it. But if I didn't, I really think that if I watch this for the first time today, I may pick out a few more flaws and I may not find it as entertaining, but I definitely wouldn't have a negative opinion. on. Oh, no, 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 I wouldn't either. So. Yeah, 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. That's a little bit more, a little bit more fair. Uh, and then relatively fair score from Ebert, I guess, three stars. But I love this quote from his review. It's a little bit of a long one, so bear with me. Uh, These days, too many children's movies are infected by the virus of winning. As if kids are nothing more than underage pro athletes and the values of Vince Lombardi, the values of Vince Lombardi prevail. It's not how you play the game, but whether you win or lose. This is a movie that breaks that breaks with that tradition that allows its kids to be kids that shows them in the insular world of imagination and dreaming that children create entirely apart from adult domains and values. There was a moment in the film when Rodriguez hit a line drive directly at the pitcher's mound and I ducked and held up my mitt. And then I realized I didn't have a mitt. And it was when, also when I realized how completely this movie had seduced me with its memories of what really matters when you're 12 years old. And I was like, wow, Damn. that's why Ebert's that's, that's why, why Ebert's that's why one of the, the best. Yeah. That's why he's the goat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did you have anything down as far as uh anything else? Uh, any other reviews? No, I, I looked at um what's well, like Emmanuel Levy, whatever his name is, like just like whatever was popping up on Run Tomatoes. I don't really use Run Tomatoes, honestly. I just kind of look at us like to reflect what other people thought at what because this is a category that we go over on our podcast. So um, but some of them are just ridiculous. Like talking about cliches, I'm like, oh, it's a kids' film. My goodness. Yeah, <laughs> but that's uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. So, um, as far as other stuff that happened, and so this came out in April of '93, like you said, I kind of steered clear of the the news and uh, just some other movies that came out. This is a a big one for me. Have you ever seen The Adventures of Huck Finn? I seen the musical version, like that came out, like in the '60s, but not the one that came out in the '90s. Yeah, so this was, I don't know why that was like a big movie for me, but it, it, it was. Um, so that was, that one came out, had Elijah Wood in it, and a few other people. So it's, it's, don't go back and watch it because I'm talking about it. It's, it's probably not that good. Yeah, the, the other kid is in it is, um, what is his name? He's the kid from, he's it's one not- of the Pete, Danny Tamborelli from, oh, from okay. and from, and from, uh, Mighty Ducks one. So that, uh, Indecent Proposal. Benny and June, RoboCop 3, 
Indian summer. So not the greatest month in film, but you know, not the worst. Um, but Sandlot definitely, I think, I think also uh, Mr. Nanny came out, which that was a, that was quite the, the classic. Have you seen Mr. Nanny? I have. Yes. Did you have the DVD? I, I think I do actually. Wow, that's embarrassing. I think I do. <laughs> Would <laughs> someone pay you to do <laughs> I mean, I may go back no, and revisit and be like, I'll look for some pros out of it. <laughs> I'll try and buy spe- some pros. <laughs> speaking of DVDs, do you have the back of the DVD summary for Sandlot? I do. Sweet. When Scotty Smalls moves to a new neighborhood, he manages to make friends with a group of kids who plays baseball at the Sandlot. Together, they go on a series of funny and touching adventures. The boys run into trouble when Smalls borrows a ball from his stepdad that gets hit over a fence. Very basic. That's it. I love uh, because um, because I didn't put this down, but you just saying that reminded me of it. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he first realizes uh, that that like how important that ball was because he's been faking it the whole time and saying like. Oh, I knew the great. Oh, you said the great Bambino. I thought you said the great Bambi. And he's kind of like, you know, bullshitting his way through life and getting by. And then when all of his friends tell him that Babe Ruth signed that ball, and he goes, "Oh my God, that was the same guy." <laughs> it's like one of my favorite, one of my favorite lines. Our boy Tom's acting. I know, I know. So, so yeah, we let's get into that. So let's get uh, to it. Yeah, other people that were in, that were involved in the film. I had some notes about the screenwriters, but you covered that already. So Tom Geary, let's start there. He plays Smalls. This was his film debut and he'd never really beat this, but he was also in some, some pretty decent uh, movies and one TV show that Joe and I are pretty attached to. So he's also in U571, Black Hawk Down, Mystic River, and then that's, sh- and he was in other stuff too, but that show that uh, Joe and I tried to save by promoting DVD rentals at the video rental store, the Black Donnelly's on NBC, the, yes. the greatest show to never get a fair shot yep. in, in Hollywood. So I have Tom Geary's autograph with uh the, the as him from a, as a donnelly brother <laughs> what do you mean he signed it as tommy donnelly or, or not tommy who autograph. was he yeah which donnelly was he, he wasn't jonathan was he was uh, jimmy wasn't he jimmy was he? jimmy yeah, yeah yeah i think you're right yep um so yeah that was him uh mike vitar or Vitar or vitar is how i would say it um played benny the jet he had some uh, other work in the 90s but Really, he's known as Benny and the Jet, but he was also Mendoza from Mighty Ducks 2 and 3. And then after that, he left acting to become a fireman. A few years ago, he had some legal issues that we don't really need to get into. But yeah, Benny the Jet. And re-watching this with my my wife, she pointed out how Benny the Jet kind of looks like Joe or could be related to Joe. <laughs> she also what a pointed out... Thanks, Bree. Yeah, yeah. She also pointed out how I reminded her of, of the great Hambino because... He's constantly eating, and I was like, "What the hell?" Joe gets another to be compliment. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Joe gets to be Benny the Jet, and I'm the great Hambino." What the fuck is that? <laughs> but um, so I'm not gonna go through. So one more uh, uh, cast member to, that I'll get pretty in depth on is James Earl Jones. He played Mr. Myrtle. I don't have time to cover the guy's resume. It's <laughs> it's insane. So I, but I want to focus on two things: Sandlot and Field of Dreams. What a one-two as far as baseball movies. Not quite Kevin Costner as far as baseball movies go, but probably silver medal and greatest baseball movie career, I would say, I think. But other than that, Dennis Leary's in the film. Uh, Dennis Leary and Karen Allen play Smalls' parents. 
Uh, Marley Sheldon is the love of every 90s boy's life. Uh, Wendy Peppercorn. Uh, and Brie, totally my wife watching it. She's like, is that girl? Is that Heather Graham? And I was like, no, but she does kind of look like Heather Graham. <laughs> yes, <And> I, Brie. <laughs> I know. And I was like, Heather Graham's like a star of our podcast. She keeps accidentally ending up on our <laughs> podcast. But so here she is again, even though it's not really her. Art LaFleur uh, played the babe. Uh, and then a who's who of 90s child actors that were probably in quite a few movies you saw as a kid. Patrick Brando, who we just talked about that my wife said reminded uh, me of her or hit, reminded her of me. Uh, he was also in The Big Green, which was under the podcast. Uh, Chauncey Billups was in The Big Green as well. And he was also in Boy Meets World, Seventh Heaven, Freaks and Geeks, uh, and more. Brandon Adams, who played Nunez, was in Mighty Ducks 1 and 2 as Jesse Hall. He had some TV work on Martin, Boy Meets World, Fresh Prince, Moesha, and a few other ones. All these kids, like if you look at their filmography, it's like, you know, they probably did one or two episodes of Boy Meets World. They probably did a couple episodes of like Seventh Heaven or, you know, whatever. So they're just, they, they all had pretty good careers. And then most of them f- faded away as far as yeah. adult acting careers go. Probably Tom Geary, right, is the, is the best as far as the kids that were in the movie. Yeah, yep. Um, did you have anything down for more, you know, uh, like random facts and stuff? Out a few. So I watched this interview leading up to this episode um, when they were celebrating the 25th anniversary a few years ago. And the actors revealed that their favorite memory happened off the set of the movie. And that's when they all snuck into the theater to see Basic Instinct. I saw that. <laughs> Did you? Is that all? Yeah. Okay. I no, I didn't, I didn't have that down, but I, I saw that. I, when I was watching the interview, I was like, oh, I got I to gotta take note of that. I'm like, that's too good. Which is uh, quite, the mo- quite the movie to like yes. at that age to sneak in that's 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 not like oh i snuck in to see super bad and there's like a lot of swearing or whatever basic instincts like a legit that's legit yeah <laughs> in order to establish the close bond between smalls and benny the director had tom gary and mike vitar i think you i think that i think you, I, I, i'm not sure either but vitar vitar and re- we're going with. yeah and meet and rehearse together weeks before the rest of the kids showed up to the film um, it worked so well that the other kids generally thought that the two actors had been friends for a long time. PF flyers were brought back for a limited time after the movie, and I am actually a proud owner of some legit PF flyers. So I, I got to make note of that. I almost bought some, no joke, completely unrelated to this, before I picked this, I almost bought some like two weeks ago because I was looking for like, um, like just like, I don't know what the right term is, but like kind of like old school sneakers because this is how old I am now. If I wear sneakers with like too big of like a heel, my and my hips fucking kill. So like I like wearing like flatter shoes. So I was googling like old school sneakers or something, and PF Flyers came up, and I was like, I might have to buy some PF Flyers, but I didn't end up buying them. I think they were discontinued, weren't they, at the beginning of this year? You can still get them on Amazon. Can you? I, I, yeah, I think I, I really because I think New Balance owns them now. And I think they discontinued that line in, uh, this year. I could be wrong. I but... might have to. I might have to buy some then, just so I don't. Yeah, out. Double, double check that after, but I'm pretty sure they discontinued it. But yeah, PF Flyer right is super now. comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you can get them right now on Amazon Prime for $54.99. Oh, that's awesome. Or $39.99, depending can, on which model they, you pick. And they can run jump like Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Yep, so yep. look at that. And my last random fact is it only took 42 days to shoot this movie. That's crazy. It's not bad at all. <laughs> not bad at all. Yeah. I had a couple of the ones you had and then a few more. So the older and younger Benny are played by real-life brothers Pablo Vitar and Mike Vitar. 
Um, Director David Mickey Evans had one clear instruction for Chauncey Leopardi, who plays Squints, during the pool scene when he kisses Wendy Peppercorn, keep your tongue in your mouth. Uh, Did he? Every, yeah, well, I don't know. We'll never know, I guess. Uh, every time a scene features Wendy Peppercorn, a song by the Drifters is played. And then these next ones, these are ones I really liked because you can tell that Evans is a total baseball geek, and I love it. So the hat that Kenny is wearing is that of the Kansas City. So this is uh, Kenny, not Benny, just to be clear. Kenny DeNunez is uh, one of the Kansas City Monarchs. The Monarchs were a Negro League team active from 1920 to 1965. Uh, in Benny's dream, Babe Ruth says, I don't know why, but can I have this when referring to a Hank Aaron baseball card? And obviously most people probably know Hank Aaron would go on to break Babe Ruth's all-time record, all-time home run record. And, and those two things just, and I saw the specials as well about how uh, Evans was just like a huge baseball guy. And I, I like stuff like that. I feel like he put that in more for himself than anyone else. Yeah. Super cool. Um, did you have anything down for uh, stuff that wouldn't fly if it was released today? No, I, this is this is still a kid's movie. Nothing is offensive or anything. Yeah, and the the thing that I like about this movie, and it would drive me crazy if someone had a problem with it, is when they have the showdown with the 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 organized baseball team, and uh, the great Hambino is like, "You play ball like a girl," and it's like it's the the that. lowest of low insults that you know what I mean. <laughs> and if you get offended by that that's ridiculous because they're 12 year old boys that's that's how 12 year old boys talk oh, i threw that line down all the time when i was a kid me too yeah me too yeah so so i you know there is nothing in this movie and that this movie ages better than you know we've covered some other 90s sports movies where like there always has to be a dad with a hardcore drinking problem or like i mean i guess smalls does say that his father passed away when he was younger but that's it he, he wasn't like my dad beat my mom and Right. did drugs he just passed away so no this movie has nothing you can't have a problem with this one so um what did you have down for your favorite scene i think we're i think we're on the same page for this one i think we had two and you can see from my background here the fourth of <laughs> july it's if i had to pick one scene from a film from any film that captures some of the best i'm picking the scene with all the boys playing baseball at night under the fireworks this whole scene is just super magical from the time when they all leave the house with them up in the cul-de-sac and getting food from everyone, all the neighbors, and it looks so nice. They go to the one night game of the year that they play, and as they're playing baseball in the field, fireworks are just going off, and it's just, this seems just magical. It really is. Like, I, no matter what I'm doing, it's like, I don't, I don't look at my, I've seen this movie so many times, I saw I may actually like look at my phone real quick because I know, like, I've seen this movie so many times, I know it's going to come next. Whenever the scene comes on, I like will make sure I make a point of it to just watch the entire scene all the way through. It's it's incredible. Yeah, the, this scene is is perfect in every way. One of my favorite scenes in any movie, probably if I made a list of like top five, definitely top ten movies scenes of my life, this would be in it. Watching Ham run out of his house with like the block party going on, grabbing hot dogs, seeing all the other kids stare at the fireworks while Benny just wants to play baseball, and how Small says that like. You know, for one night a year, we felt like big leaguers playing under the lights. And all so all of that would do it enough. But it's set to America the Beautiful by Ray Charles, which if you ask me, like, Eric, you can replace the national anthem with one song. That would be it. That song is amazing. And it was like for all the stuff that people debate about now and go back and forth about, that is the most like American 
beautiful American thing, you know, scene ever. It's just like simple. It's pure. Just a bunch of kids that want to go play baseball and pretend they're big leaguers. It, it, it's awesome. Yeah. So that America, the beautiful by Ray Charles might as well lead right into the soundtrack. So that song really is like, really is like the scene's amazing, but you talking about like the last few movies, how soundtrack has been so super important to the film. That yep. song is so important to that scene. It really is. Yeah. And the whole soundtrack from the lion sleeps tonight when the camp out starts this magic moment as squints makes the moves on uh, uh makes a move on wendy <laughs> there goes my baby earlier in the film when he just sees her, walk, sees her walking down the street green onions as the as the rival team shows up uh tequila at the fair and the reason i know this soundtrack is one of my favorites all time i didn't have to look up what scenes those songs are were played to because the minute i hear any one of those songs I go, oh, this is the song that plays when they show up at the yes. fair. Or, or I this put that is the same exact thing down. That same exact note that because of this movie, as watching as a kid, I learned all these songs, <laughs> a lot of these songs the first time because of this movie. And when I hear yep. them now, like Tequila, for example, yep. I associate that song with Sandlot. It's yep. like, it's this movie, man. <laughs> when, I hear, when I hear Wipeout by the Safaris, I think of Benny running down, like running down the street from the Beast and, and that <laughs> yes. whole thing. It's every song, like I, and Anyone who knows me could test me on that. They could play a song and be like, what scene is on? I'll nail it every single time. So um, did you have anything else down for the, the soundtrack? No, you pretty much covered, you, you, you covered most of it. The soundtrack is amazing. And it's, mm-hmm. it, they are all classic songs. So hearing them now in today's, in today's day, you know, we know like how impactful these songs were back then. And they're still beloved. So, yep. So this is a tough one. If you could change one thing, what did you have down? This is a tough one. <laughs> A scene, one scene kind of slows the film down for me, and I made note of it. It's even as a kid, it kind of slowed down a little bit for me, even though it has a pretty quotable moment from it. It's when they're in the treehouse telling the history of the beast. I like that scene, but I wish I could have yeah. done it a different way, I think. <laughs> but obviously, we got the quote forever, forever. Yeah. So, like that quote, I still use that all the time <laughs> with my friends and fa- my brother, but I kind of wish I, I, they found another way to tell the backstory of the beast or make it so it wasn't so longer to simplify it because i feel like it does slow from them just a little bit but nothing like that would attract the score for me in the end it's just that one yeah. Last sequence yeah i the one thing this is like the stretch of all stretches the one thing i would change is and it's tough to even say this because the best part of the movies is when he's with when when uh smalls is with his friends but i thought karen allen as his mom was so lovable and perfect i could have taken one or two more scenes with her just just like um like scattered and like nothing nothing long running but like someday where like i would i could have done another scene of like maybe he comes back from playing and she talks about how she's like happy that he's made friends or something but that's really just because i love karen allen i thought she was just like i don't know even brie my wife was like she's like the most perfect mom ever and she in that speech she says where she's like, you know, go out, climb fences, get dirty, scrape your knees, get into trouble. Like not too much, but a little. That that was that was perfect. But I, like you said, like you said about your nitpick, it's the most nitpicky thing. I wouldn't really change yeah. anything. No. So, um, you guys may have an idea where this is this is going, <laughs> but um, we rate uh, movies on a scale of one to five. Would you mind paying a late fee to keep this movie? So. A score of one is you get a few minutes into it and Smalls uh, like can't even throw a baseball and he runs it back to his father and then runs it back to Nunez instead of having to throw, uh, throw it. 
uh, and you turn it off, you're like, this is ridiculous, all the way up to a score of five, which is you keep the movie for a few extra days, uh, maybe even just buy it from the rental store because you want to watch it again, show it to your friends, show it to your wife for the first time, even though it's been out for like 30 years and she's just now getting into it. Um, so one is a low score, five is a high score. Joe, what's your score for The Sandlot? I don't agree with a lot of those critics, and I'm giving it a five. This, along with Jaws, are my favorite summer films. The Sandlot is able to succeed where many films fail, and that's how well it captures childhood friendships and the memories growing up together. I had my go-to group when I was younger, and we would all do everything together. And of course, some of those friends moved away to different states, schools, and so forth, and I really ever saw them. I still keep in touch with them, though, but this film really reminds me of what simpler times looked like and how everything was larger than life back then. The Sandlot struck gold with this cast of characters and the actors that portray them, they did a perfect job, each with their own little quirks. This movie is timeless, and it's one that kids can enjoy with their parents, and parents can enjoy with their kids. So that's a rarity in these days, and it continues to be passed around to different generations. So this movie isn't going anywhere anytime soon, thankfully. Yeah, I, and I agree 100% with what you said about um, this and Jaws. Those are the those are the two. I mean, there are other there are other summer movies, but those two for me are the the best. Um, and this is kind of the speech I gave to my wife when I was trying to tell her that she should watch it. At that, even though that this is kind of a baseball movie, it's really not. It's a friendship movie. It's a coming of age movie. It's like Stand By Me meets The Wonder Years meets whatever you know the best '90s or whatever decade sports movies you can think of. I have so much nostalgia for this for this film. I grew up with it, but I've also rewatched other movies that I grew up with. We've done some of them on the pod, and I thought, wow, that was like mediocre at best. Some a lot of the films we've rewatched, especially from this genre, and we'll 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 get to some other ones that I I loved growing up and I've since rewatched and. It, it hurts me to say that they're not that good, but this one's perfect to me. It's five out of five. I still smile throughout the entire movie. And, and this may be, like you said, I don't care what anyone else gave it for a score. This may be my top five favorite movies of all time. Um, so yeah, five out of five. If I could give it a six, I would. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fine because... I just saw this in the theater. I think I mentioned this a few episodes back where I Dude, saw yeah. this at the Leave It Theater. And Powell. You saw it Powell, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's her first time seeing it too. And it was funny because she was laughing at a lot of the scenes because this is all new to her. And her laughing at like squints getting Wendy, you know, to give, you know, to give mouth to mouth. She was laughing really hard at some of the scenes. And like, I actually got other audience members to laugh, I think, because of her laughter. So it's like, it was a really cool moment. Like you said, sharing a movie like this, so timeless with someone who hasn't seen it yet is. It's a treasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even like the little stuff, like, especially like, you know, if you grew up, if you're a boy and you grew up in in the past, you know, 100 years, just little stuff like when they're, when they're trying to get the ball back and like they're running like a military operation, like Squints, <laughs> Squints has the like cer- cereal boxes stacked on top of each other and he's like, move forward. And they're doing like a, like, you know, army army Walking calls talkies, oh yeah yeah, yep. yeah. so good just, yeah and, th- and like you said her laughing if you if you have a bad day i i think i challenge you to watch this movie and stay in a bad mood it is the most feel-good film i think of all time so uh yeah i really loved watching it i've been this is when we started the podcast this is one of the ones that i was like i can't wait to do so i'm glad we glad we did it glad we got it in the summer um the beer s'more love from a foundation brewing company 
absolutely delicious. So definitely pick that up. I'm going to pick up a a couple more if I can find it just to have in the fridge. Um, So follow us on Instagram. We're at the late fee. Suggestions are always welcome. Brian, we still have your suggestion on the list. Bree, my wife also has made a suggestion that we'll, we'll have to throw in. I have one more movie that I want to get in while it's still technically summer before we move on, but we will get to these picks. So, um, We'll be back next week, and Sandlot was my pick, so it's Joe's pick. So what are we watching next week, Joe? Keeping the summer theme alive here, we're going to watch Caddyshack. That's going to be interesting because obviously a classic on a lot of yes top, you know, whatever sports movies of all time, but not from my childhood. Yes, my, I've only seen this movie once. It was a long time oh, ago. Wow. So oh, wow. I've I'm, seen it more I'm than once. I'm actually excited to revisit this because I've only seen it once a long time ago, so it's almost going to be like a refresh for me, a whole new experience. Yeah, so no, that'll be good. And I checked; it's available on Hulu, so I'm excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited. So, all right, guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week with Joe's pick, Caddyshack. Yep. As always, everyone, thank you.